0: We are harvest committed to Christ. Committed to serve. We are called to pray without the We are harvest. This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message already in progress.
1: Well, greetings again, everybody. Let's get right into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 20. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. We ask that you would lift up the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might see him. And in seeing Him, we might believe on Him. And in believing on Him, we might be saved. In Jesus' name, won't you say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. This is a continuation of our series entitled, Remember Jesus. But today's title, today the title of today's message, is simply, Asking for a Friend, Can I Trust Jesus? Asking for a Friend, Can I Trust Jesus? You know, I really like that phrase, asking for a friend. As a matter of fact, I love that phrase because that phrase speaks of deep thoughts and feelings that a person wants to remain hidden. If they they don't want to disclose what uh, is on their heart, they'll just preface the question by saying, asking for a friend, and then come out with the question. Not only that, but it speaks of subjects that may be too sensitive for the person, And uh, that that the person wants a response to. And it may not necessarily be directed specifically at them. It may be for someone else. I'm just asking for a friend. And then lastly, the person asking wants to remain anonymous or protect the identity of the person the question is about. I'm just asking for a friend. It reminds me of Tyler Perry's movie, Medea's Family Reunion. The two sisters, Vanessa and Lisa, are in Medea's kitchen. And that's when Vanessa first discovers that Lisa is being abused by her fiancé. And she says, oh no, we are not going to have this. And she calls Medea into the kitchen. And she begins her question to Medea, and as Medea says, what's going on? She says, Medea, we have a friend, and her husband is beating her. And we would just like to know what we should do. Well, she didn't say Lisa was being beat. She said, we have a friend. It was almost as if she was saying, I'm just asking for a friend. Because it was a deep and very meaningful question. It was an important, crucial question dealing with a crisis in a person's life. And men and women, the title of this message is simply, Asking for a Friend, Can I Trust Jesus? It's such an important question. In in, in this season of life, during this pandemic and during uh, uncertainty, this question is so important, and we're asking it about everything and everyone. We're asking questions like, can I trust the news? Uh, I'm just asking for a friend. Can I trust politics and and politicians? Well, you know, I'm just asking for a friend. Can, Can I trust what people say? I'm just asking for a friend. Can I, can I trust that people will do what they say they're going to do? I'm just asking for a friend. Can I trust my spouse? Can I trust my children? Can I trust my employer? Can, can I trust my doctor? Can I trust anybody? I'm just, just simply asking for a friend. And men and women, quiet as it's kept... In moments of crisis like this, deep within our hearts, we may be asking that question. We don't want to overtly ask it because it it it, it kind of uh, exposes us and it makes us feel like we have doubt or a lack of faith. And so we may say in our hearts, well, you know, can we really trust Jesus with this situation? I'm just asking for a friend. And men and women... I believe that, that, that the Word of God and that Jesus can stand up under any scrutiny that we have. We need not doubt Him. We need not shy away from asking Him the question, Lord, can I trust You in this pandemic? Lord, can I trust You to provide for me? Lord, can I trust you with my job? Can I trust you with this marriage? Can I trust you to teach my children at home? Can I trust you with this virtual learning situation? Can I trust you in my circumstance right now? And the Lord gives us a resounding yes. And I believe that Mark is, is addressing his gospel to a society, to a, a community, to the Romans who were asking the question, well, we've heard about this Jewish Messiah. We've heard about this Jewish rabbi. We've heard about what He's, what he's done. We've heard about... Who but can we really trust Him? And so, there were four men in the text that decided to trust Jesus Christ. If you were to look down at verse 16, you'll see that it's Simon and Andrew, his brother, that are casting their nets in the sea. And, and Jesus says to them in verse 17, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they get, they leave their nets, and they immediately, verse 18 says, decided to follow him. Jesus simply said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They decide to follow him. And then if you were to look down in the text, in verse 19, it's not Simon and Andrew, it becomes James and his brother John. And Jesus gives them a a challenge and, 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 and asks them to leave their nets as well. And in verse 20 it says, immediately he called them, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and they went after Jesus. My question to you is why? Why would they go after Jesus? Why did they leave their fishing nets? Why did they leave their profession? Why did they leave their livelihood? Why did they leave their career to follow this itinerant rabbi? Why would they follow Jesus? What compelled them? It wasn't just the call. It wasn't just something mystical or magical. I believe they knew they could trust him. I believe that they knew that they could trust Jesus. I believe that they knew that he was more than just mere man. If you were to read the parallel passage in the Gospel of John, there was contact with Jesus before this scene. As a matter of fact, these men followed John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is the one that pointed them to Jesus. And so I believe that we can trust Jesus, and there are two reasons why I believe that we can trust Jesus. There are two compelling reasons why we can trust Jesus. And men and women, make no mistake, Jesus is saying the same thing to you and to me today. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me. Trust me. Allow me to become the most important thing in your life. Allow me to be the priority of your life. They left their livelihood. They left everything to follow Jesus because he was worthy. Because they could trust him. Well, how, why did they trust him? Point number one is simply, they trusted him because Jesus has outstanding credentials. Jesus has outstanding credentials. Look at verses 1 through 3. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The first thing about Jesus' credentials here is that Mark declares him to be the Christ, the Son of God. Men and women, that's no small thing. He is saying that Jesus Christ is the long-awaited Messiah that the Jews were waiting for, and He is the very Son of God, making Himself equal with God. That He is more than man. And Mark says it in verse 1 of chapter 1, he starts out declaring that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is just recounting what His credentials are. He is the Christ, and He is the Son of the living God. But look at verses 2 and 3. It says, As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He is talking about John the Baptist who will come and prepare the way of the Lord. He is talking about John the Baptist's ministry, but what he is doing is saying that Jesus is the one that John the Baptist is preparing the way for. And so he uses the prophets of the Old Testament, found in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 and Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, What he is saying is that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah whom the prophets have already declared would come. And the same way the prophets have said that someone is coming before him, John the Baptist is the one who is coming before Jesus to prepare the way. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the one the prophets have declared, but not only that, speak of his credentials. If you were to look at chapter 9, I'm sorry, chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, the Father and the Holy Spirit commend him at his baptism. Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist, and when he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in bodily form like a dove, And out of the heavens the Father speaks and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see, the Father and the Holy Spirit validate and give Jesus the credentials saying, Yes, He is the one. Mark says He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The prophets declare that John the Baptist will go before Him, and He declares that He is the one that John the Baptist is going before. He is the Lord. And then the Father and the Holy Spirit declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then in verses 12 and 13, Jesus is out in the wilderness for 40 days. And he's hungry. And Mark doesn't give you a whole lot of detail, but Jesus defeats Satan in the wilderness. And so his marvelous credentials, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that the prophets declare him as they prophesy that John the Baptist would go before him. The Father and the Holy Spirit declare that kisses is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit rests upon him as he comes out of the water. And here, Satan in verses 12 and 13 cannot defeat him because he is the Christ. He has the credentials. The stamp of approval is upon Jesus. That Jesus is the one. Jesus is the only. Jesus is the Christ. He is the one that we have been looking for. He is the one that we have been waiting for. And His credentials are sure. Let me ask you a question. Have you come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Have you come to believe that Jesus is the one whom the prophets have declared would come? Have you come to believe that the Father and the Holy Spirit put the stamp of validation on Jesus at his baptism? Have you come to believe that Jesus is the only one who can defeat Satan? And men and women, we need the Lord today to defeat the works of the enemy. See, we far fight is not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. The great thing is that Jesus has defeated them. He and He alone. He has won. He has won the victory. So point number one is simply Jesus has outstanding credentials. And then point number two is that Jesus has outstanding qualifications. His credentials come before his credentials give him the authority. But his qualification is that he exercises his authority. That he has the authority. That he doesn't have to work for it. He doesn't have to earn it. He just has the authority. Authority. His qualification is that he has the authority. And we've got to come to grips with the fact that Jesus has authority not only in heaven, not only on the earth, but Jesus has the authority over my life. There are three verses in chapter 1 here that communicate Jesus' authority. Look at chapter 1, verse 7. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and to loose. You see, this is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. And John the Baptist is telling the people that there is one who is coming that's mightier than me, who has more authority than me. I know that you are you compelled by my teaching. You are convicted by my teaching. But there is one who is coming who is mightier than I am. And I'm not even worthy to stoop down and loose his sandals. He is saying that Jesus is the one who has authority. Look at chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You see, the scribes had to gain authority from the scriptures that they read from. Jesus didn't have to gain authority from the scriptures that he read from. The scriptures that he read from gave him and pointed to him as the one with the authority. So they were astonished at his teaching because he didn't teach the way the scribes taught, where they had to gain authority. He taught as one already having the authority. He could tell you what the scriptures were about because the scriptures... Were about him, men and women. Jesus has the authority, such outstanding qualifications. So John the Baptist says that there is one who is coming that is mightier than I, who has more authority than I do. In this particular passage, Jesus is reading the scripture. They're astonished at his teaching because he taught them as one having authority. Now look down at chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Chapter 1, verse 27 says, Then they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey Him. Jesus has cast out an unclean spirit. The people are watching this, and the people recognize what authority is this? What authority is he commanding even the unclean spirits to come out of him? Jesus had the authority to command and to rule the spiritual realm. He not only rules the earthly realm, but he rules the spiritual realm as well. He has authority, such outstanding qualifications. John the Baptist says he's mightier than I. The people hear his teaching and say he teaches like no other scribe or rabbi had ever taught as one having authority. And the people see him cast out unclean spirits. And they say, what authority is this that even he commands the spirits to come out of them? Men and women, I believe... That, that James and John, that, that, uh, Simon and Andrew, when Jesus compelled them to come and follow him, they knew they could trust him because of his great credentials, but also because of his outstanding qualifications. That Jesus had the authority. He had the authority to command them to come and to follow him because he was the one he was the one that had given them life. He is the one that has given us breath. It, the, the alarm clock did not wake us up this morning. Jesus did. See, the, you could take an alarm clock out to Elmwood Cemetery and nobody would get up. Because the alarm clock is not what gave them life. Jesus does. So men and women, we've got to come to, to grips with the fact that we can trust Him. We can trust Him today. We can trust Him. And He gives our life meaning and purpose. You see, He goes by Simon and Andrew and He says, Come and follow Me. Because Jesus was the only thing that can legitimately give them purpose. There are a lot of things that we do in our lives that are not our purpose. There are a lot of things that we are participate in that are not our purpose. There are a lot of things that we're about today that have nothing to do with our purpose. I look at my own life. And I'm a husband. I'm a husband of a Spelman beauty. I'm a husband of a beautiful, wonderful wife. And I've promised to love her till death do us part. But, but that's not my purpose. That's, that's just my covenant partnership. You know, I have four beautiful daughters, lovely daughters, and I've tried to love them. I've tried to direct them. I've tried to, to guide them. I've tried to be the best daddy that I could be. But that's not my purpose. That's my parenting. You know, I, I, am the proud minister of a community of worshipers committed to Christ, commissioned to serve, but that's not my purpose. That's my pastoring. You know, I, 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 I'm called to preach and to give a word each week that will convict and comfort the people of God, that will inspire and exhort and encourage the people of God, but that's not my purpose. That's my profession. You know i I've I, I decided that I don't care much for drugs or alcohol or unclean living or, or, or doing anything that would defile my body and, 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 and I, I, I view my body as a temple of the living God, but that's not my purpose, that's my preference. And you know, I have trusted Jesus Christ, looking forward to spending eternity with Him and, and, and living in heaven. And I believe to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I believe that I will be living uh, uh, in, 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 in heavenly joy with Him forever and ever and ever and ever. But that's not my purpose. That's my eternal peace. Men and women, my purpose is to trust Jesus Christ moment by moment. My purpose is to know Jesus Christ and to make Him known. My purpose is to glorify Him in everything I do and everything I say. My purpose is to trust Him in my life and my days and my thoughts and my feelings, to trust Him with my conduct, to trust Him with every area of my life, my, my my purpose is to trust Jesus Christ because He is worthy. My purpose is to trust Jesus because He's given all authority in heaven and earth. Can I trust Jesus? Yes, I can trust Jesus. I place my trust. In Jesus Christ. I I trust that he chose to die. And he chose to rise again. I trust his blood. That can cleanse my soul. I trust his blood. That it still saves, I trust that his blood has not lost its power, I trust his name can make us whole and save us from the grave. I trust in jesus' loving care, I trust the pardon that Jesus brought, I trust that he can save this wretch from hell. I trust salvation 's true report, my Savior had to tell. I trust jesus christ's almighty arms, I trust his righteous will and I trust my life to Jesus the Lord I will trust him forevermore let me ask you today can you trust Jesus today can you trust Jesus if Jesus were to walk by you and say follow me I will make you fishers of men will you follow him will you follow him do you recognize his credentials that he is the Christ the son of the living God that He is the one the prophets talked about? That He is the one that, that that has the validation from the Father and the Spirit? Do you know His qualifications? That He is the one with authority? Do you know your purpose? My purpose is to trust Jesus Christ with the rest of my life. Men and women, I'll close with this. Have you trusted Jesus Many of you are already believers and you've given your life to Jesus Christ. But I know, I know from personal experience you can be a Christian for a long time and not daily trust Jesus. Going through the motions, playing the game, putting on the, the, the masquerade of being a Christian, of following Him. Listen, I trust in His grace every day. I preach the Gospel to myself every day because every day I forget it. And His Gospel is that you can do nothing of yourself. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Put your confidence in me. Make sure that, that, that I am your breath of life. Make sure that my Spirit is empowering you. Make sure that you're walking with me and talking with me. Make sure that you're allowing me to love you. To look beyond all of your faults and see your need. Making sure that you know that Jesus Christ is, is my Alpha and my Omega. That I'm fixing my eyes on Him, the author and finisher of my faith. It's Jesus, y'all. It's Jesus. And I bid you, Jesus... And if there is one out there today listening to my voice that has never received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, let me say this, and I don't want to make you afraid, but I do want to tell you the truth. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. There is a fork in the road. Without salvation and the forgiveness of your sins, you go one way. But if you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you go another way. And that way leads to eternal life. Trust Him today. Believe Him today. You can trust Him. You may be asking for a friend, Can I trust Jesus? I say yes, you can trust Jesus today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that if there's one person under the sound of my voice that needs to receive you, I pray they would would simply repeat after me, I trust Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I believe He died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. I believe He rose from the dead. And I believe that if I receive Him by faith, His Holy Spirit will come into my life and make me new. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week as we talk about remembering Jesus. Amen.
0: i